and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Lauren French, I am so excited to have you on the She's the Boss Chats podcast. Can you tell everybody what it is that you actually do? Tell us what Motto sure, is. Sure, sure. I am the one of, well, I am the owner officially these days. I'm okay. the owner and um, designer of Motto Fashions. We're right. a women's wear brand. We have bricks and mortar stores and an absolutely pumping e-commerce division. Um, and we actually design clothes for women that value bold styling. I think in a nutshell, that's probably the easiest way to describe us. Um, right. We're for the girl that wants to stand out. Uh, yes, and I have to say I found you because at She's the Boss we have our Christmas parties at the Williamstown Yacht Club the last couple of years and you have a motto shop just up the road. Yes. And every year I have gone down there and bought my outfit for the um, party like the day before. Oh, that is so <laughs> and fun. And it's all because so it's sequins, feathers, fake fur, yes. shiny trousers. Yeah, all the special I'm in heaven. stuff. I'm all the special stuff. Heaven. Yay. So um, I'm so pleased to have you here on um, the podcast. So firstly, tell me a little bit about motto. What's the, I don't want to say what was the light bulb moment because I am going to interview your business partner who's also your mum yes. in a different podcast. But let's just start off now by telling everybody um, why you've created Motto. Um, I think the the fundamentals of why we do what we do yeah. is completely to empower women. And there's, yes. um, you know, there's this, uh, it sounds a bit cliche, right, but there's this moment in everyone's life and it is not just happening for females, it's males as well, where all of a sudden people start to feel invisible. And I think it kind of starts after you have your kids you're mm-hmm. so engrossed in just kid life. You don't have any time for yourself. And all of a sudden your kids start high school and then you think, A, who, where do I, like, what am I going to do with myself? You have like like resurgence of almost like when you're leaving school, you're like, oh, my God, this is a pivotal moment in my life. What am I going to do? Yeah. And um, often people don't want to go back to what they wore back when they were pre-babies. Or it doesn't fit. That's it the other thing. thing. And, you've got a and new it's not shape. comfy. It's not comfy because no, you've got a new shape. That's right. Um, so Motto has always, from the day we started 37 years ago, has always been about embracing women when they are really at the peak in their life and giving them the confidence to move forward. That is the core of everything we do. And my mum will say exactly the same thing when you speak to her. Oh, my God. Well, I see, I can see why I loved you girls so Aww. much because that is exactly what she's the boss is about as yes, well. Yes, exactly. Lifting women up and particularly women in their sort of late. 40s, 50s, 60s, which is when you're completely invisible. 100%. And particularly in the media. So that's why I set up She's the Boss yeah. Chats. You asked me earlier. Yeah. It's because we are invisible and I just thought it's yeah. time to start pushing us out in yeah. front of everyone's it, faces. It's amazing how many people tell me that they suddenly get to a point where people don't notice them anymore in the street. Mm. And even it was interesting, my father-in-law said to me recently that when he goes to the supermarket and he's at the checkout, the, the, you know, the, the lovely young girl or boy who's serving him really doesn't notice him. And he noticed when my his son, my husband, went to the supermarket with him. Have they he looked noticed up? What, yeah, they definitely <laughs> looked up. He's 6'4". Um, but also um, they really gave him a different, my husband, a different level of attention. And it was, you know, it's it's really sad that when you hit, let's say, 50 being average middle of life, everything start people start to forget about you in a way. Well, uh, you know, I just feel like it's changing. It's, it's really definitely interesting changing. we're talking about it, though, because, because of people like, because of that has happened mm. in our lives, I think that's why we're doing what we're doing now. Yeah. Because it has to change. And I yeah. do think it is. And I think everybody talks about how, 
these days, you know, if you look at our grandparents and our parents at the same age, well, not in your case, your parents, but grandparents at a similar age, you go, oh, my God, they were wearing tweed. Yes. My grandmother was wearing with tweed With a little skirts, blanket, the little twi- blanket the, over their lap. And the little pearl <laughs> twin set, you know, and their flesh-coloured stockings with brown flat yeah. shoes, that kind of look. And, yes. and you think, I mean, I've got a photo up on my wall of my grandmother holding myself and my brother when we were five or six, and I worked out she was 45. Mm. And she is literally wearing the flat shoes and the tweed oh, wow. skirt yeah. and the whole lot. And I've evolved. always thought she was about 70 yeah. in that yeah, photo. So that just so doesn't much. happen anymore. Yeah, so and, true. And thank God for motto because that's actually, you're now giving us the clothes that we can wear that yeah, absolutely. kind of reflects more how and, we feel. And stand out. That's right. Yeah. You don't, just because you get to a certain point in your life, you don't have to shrink into the background. Like that's a bit boring. <laughs> You've got a long life still to live. You may as well make the most of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so talking of lives, mm. I want to go right back to when you were a little girl. Mm. Um, I know who your mum is, so yes. I know a little bit, but I only know a little bit about her. I'll be finding out more about her later. But let's go back and tell everyone who doesn't know you, what sort of size family did you grow up in and whereabouts did you grow up? Okay, well, um, m- most of my life we grew up in um, Donvale, where my parents still are. In Victoria. Um, in yep. Victoria. And um, we, uh, I've got two younger brothers um, and my mum and my dad, ever since the moment I was born, basically have owned Motto. Right. So um, I w- was born in, I think Motto was about a year old when I was born. Um, wow. So pretty much from day dot, I was, and my parents are like real hustlers. Like you'll, when you interview mum, you'll, you'll totally <laughs> okay. get it. Um, so I was like, dra- from, there was no mat leave in our family. There's no such thing as anything like that. So anyway, mum would bring me into work. I'd be in the bassinet underneath the table and every single this. one of my, <laughs> like I was that kid that was forgotten at, at, Kindergarten because oh, they yeah. they had okay. they, they forgot that work stops at you know six o'clock and they were you know anyway they get Which a call. Which is why and, the childcare now charges you like fifty dollars every minute. Every you're minute late. you're late. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the funny thing is, I always swore I wouldn't do that to my kids, and recently I forgot you my kid. It. Anyway, um, but you know that was that that was my world growing up. It right. was mostly at Motto Warehouse, yep. more so than at home. Okay, and so um, what were you like at school? Did you enjoy school? Were you I, any I good enjoyed at school? school until I turned about 13 and I realised that there were boys that were really cute. <laughs> so you were obviously at a co-ed school. Um, no? No, well, actually, funnily enough, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Which is why um, you were obsessed with the Went to a girls' school and um, I was very, very determined and strong-willed and um, I in year nine I got asked to leave one of the most prestigious girls' schools in <laughs> Victoria. I, I reckon you get a medal for that one. Oh, my God. God and yeah, I, I said to Mum, I think I'll tell Why? them the story. Okay. Oh, just because yeah, I was a feral story. child. I, what did you do? Though, I did so many naughty things. So, so it was many. just the straw that broke the it camel's back. It was the back. straw that broke the camel's back. And what but, was it? Smoking um, in the toilet. Oh, there was all of that. Yeah, that's just <laughs> there was so much of it. I think I led a lot of kids astray. I pulled a tribe together of people, and I. It's funny because I do the same thing now, but it goes to good use. Okay. I, I, I pull a tribe together to really be determined and get what they want out of life. Yes. And I think I started to make the good kids naughty. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I got asked to leave that school and when I left, I you know, I was crying and, and mum and dad didn't know it was coming and we got back to Motto Warehouse. That's where we always went straight after second school. Home. Yeah, second yeah. home. And um, they said, right, you can either don't, if you don't want to go to school, they were over me at that point. They're like, don't go to school and get a job. Or you ring around schools and get yourself into a school. Oh, right. And I thought, okay, so I was in year nine at this point. So I rang a couple of other girls' schools that I had friends at. um, And I remember one chat, uh, one of the ladies said, you know, I said, I I would like to enroll into the school. What's the process or whatever? And she said, why did you leave MRC? And I said, I got asked to leave today. And she just hung up on me. (laughs) 
And I'm like, okay, you went, thank That's you. not going to be a good fit for you anyway. <laughs> so um, after a little bit of uh, soul searching, let's say, I did want to go to school because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. And I, I eventually a bit early. It, it, it's definitely a bit, a bit early. Um, I decided I found a school that, that worked. And anyway, I went to this other school. Alternative school? Was it like Press no, Hill? No, it actually wasn't. Ones? I checked out Press Hill, but it was actually a bit too quirky for me even. Um, so I went, ended up at Camberwell Girls and that, that school really changed my life. All right, why? It, it was very different to the prior school. It was very small um, nice. and there was no there was no groups of girls. It was quite weird. I don't know how it existed. There was no cool girl group, let's no say. Cliques, kind of. There was no That's cliques. Great. Everyone was the same. And I came from a school where there was a lot of that stuff and it was and it was an incredible school that I went to. I don't want to knock that one, but um, it was just really different. And there I kind of thought there was sort of nothing to do in the way of what I used to do. So I just decided just to do my Knuckle work. Knuckle down and study. Yeah, just do it. Wow. Um, it's so a great I was, ad for Camberwell Girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really good. But the funniest part is... Um, I actually wanted to enrol my daughter to go there because I do remember it with very fond memories. Yeah. And um, when I went to enrol her, unfortunately for me, the principal that fired that, that expelled me is the new principal Stop at Camberwell it. Girls. Oh no! Yes, so um, it's really I really recently this only happened really... like a year ago or something. <laughs> I really is... learnt the power of don't burn your bridges. Oh, because Even she just now. said no way. Well, no, she would have said yes. I decided that I was too embarrassed <laughs> to drag my butt back in there and then have to deal. with with her for the next six years. Oh, my God, yeah, no thanks. And I was too scared she'd remember me. I went, I've got a new last name now. I wonder uh, if yeah. I won't risk it. So we went somewhere else. But, right. yeah, it's really funny how that. So I was an absolute terror as a child, a right. terror. Okay. Terror. But um, <laughs> I also knew what I wanted. And well, I think that that's probably uh, saying you're a terror is probably a little bit harsh yes, on okay. yourself. I was very it's determined. About, yeah, you knew what you wanted. I knew what and I there's wanted. a whole heap of teachers, as we know, that are pretty shit. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Know, yeah, thanks so for you saying pick it. Them. And we used to have a, I remember when I was at school, we had a French teacher called Madame Fuchik, <laughs> F U C I K, unfortunately. <laughs> and I, she used to come in, she was Czechoslovakian, and she'd go, Girls, you drive me crazy. I'm going to sit outside the classroom. You tell me when you want me to come in. <laughs> And there she'd be out there for an hour wow. and we'd all be going, what an idiot woman that she oh asked my us God. to tell her. That is so, funny. Yeah. That's really funny. But that's strong girls, isn't yes. it? And, and teachers that don't know quite how to deal with them. That's exactly right. Okay, so did you finish Year 12? I did. So and I finished you, Year 12. was uni um, kind of on the, on the yeah, radar for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to uni, but um, the, the way that, like, I went there, I didn't love it. Mum and Dad kind of made me go and right. I, I, I did very well at school. So, so um, what did you go to uni and do? I went to Monash and did a bachelor was doing a Bachelor yeah. of Business, um, majoring in retail <laughs> I'm management. I'm guessing you didn't Can finish. You? I didn't finish. Um, I don't even think I rocked up to my first exams because I was so over it. But oh, um, wow. what I was doing at that time was I actually had started my own little label, sewing my own clothes. I oh. think I started that in about year... Oh, no, it must have been just when I finished year so 12. So this is, was this, were you doing it in, in, at Motto when no, mum, when mum no, and dad were working no, and you were I kind of sewing nothing, in the background? nothing to do with so Motto. So did you tell them that you were designing your yeah, own yeah, little yeah. clothes? Yeah, and they were like having heart attacks because they could see me cutting out paper patterns on the floor completely with no training whatsoever. I was just and winging going, it. it's innate. And, but they're like, I think, like, at least use the cutting table like at Motto. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to go to Motto. I was... I, I'd so had enough of motto. Yeah, yeah. Um, so There's an irony there, of course, yeah, but we'll talk about that in exactly. a minute. Exactly, <laughs> and I, got, I, I didn't want any part of it. So I actually used to just sew my own clothes and I just started taking it around to shops and asking if they wanted to buy it. Really? Yeah, 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 and yeah. what were you sewing? Like what kind of clothes? Uh, it was the stage where like a Bond singlets with all embellishment were really yeah, in. Yeah, right. Yep, gotcha. So I just started going and buying bits and pieces from op shops or what, wherever, from eBay. And sewing eBay them onto was a big singlets. Thing. 
that sort of stuff or going to buy denim jeans at op shops, op shops, cutting off everything but the waistband and then sewing scarves onto the waistband, stuff like that. I mean, Ooh, very clever. terrible quality though. Doesn't I, matter. I don't want that to come it's and the haunt concept. me. Yeah, <laughs> the concept. Yeah, it's all about the concept. Very so, strong. so I, you know, I did a lot of that. So while I was at uni, um, I also had a, a job in a fashion store just on the weekends right. and not Motto, another store. And um, it, it, it came around that there were, they actually were owned by a really, uh, famous fashion agency in Melbourne. Oh, right. So um, a job came up and I applied for the job and I ended up leaving uni to go and work there and in that role I was there Hang for on. about. What, 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 what do you mean a fashion agency? So you went in to be like an agent? Yeah, fashion agent. So what we did oh, was, was we. First I thought it might be a model. Oh, no, no, no. Too short. Yeah, way too short. <laughs> well, far too short. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> These days maybe it's a little bit more, you know, the height isn't so specific. Right. But see, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And have you had a lot of exposure to models through the motto business, oh, like uh, watching look, shoots uh, and things? No, I don't know not, what your parents used to do. No, not, necessar- not necessarily okay. because probably by the time I was in like year seven, I really didn't want that much to do with motto. Oh, so you really weren't coming in after school? You would no, just go home and... because I could go home. Yeah, you know, I was at gotcha. an age where I could go home, so I didn't want to hang out. And I actually, I thought motto was really daggy. Well, I know. Well, because we yeah. all think anything to do with our parents yeah, is daggy yeah. at that age. And I was Even working... if it's really cool. Like, I'm really cool. My boys all think that I'm, yeah, you know, exactly. so that, uncool. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And it, I didn't think it was cool and I was doing my own stuff stuff and it was very young compared to motto so um so anyway i went to this fashion agency and what we did there was we actually represented brands and sold them into stores and maya and david jones and all this sort of stuff um and we also had a couple of brands um that we did in-house that i got to do a lot of design and development for so this just all it just happened organically and naturally it wasn't what it just my career just flourished i was in the right place and at and well, I, with the right skills and the right attitude. Exactly. Like, give yourself a bit of credit. And the funny thing is, though, that yeah. the owner of that agency was actually, we only found this out when I started working there, was actually my parents' very first fashion agent back when they started. Oh, my God. Isn't so that she, small she kind of knew, maybe mm, even hey, knew yeah. when you were a baby? Potentially, like when you were yes. Under but the look, table I had and- no idea and no one had any idea. <laughs> Isn't but anyway, that funny? small world. Very small okay, world. Okay. So, how long did you last there and did you. You know, two years. I only lasted there it. two years. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was it was an amazing job. But um, I think that that job really engrossed all of the girls that worked there. It was a small team. There was probably about ten of us, um, and we were so close. And I actually then I met my hus- now husband, and having a boyfriend really didn't fit in with the lifestyle that all of us girls made. We just spent oh, so every day together. After school, we were or going oh to god, yeah, partying and, and, and suddenly just, you want to go off with this guy and yeah, have evenings with him. Exactly. All of a sudden, what my what, and there was a lot of travel in that job as well. And I think I just, I don't know what changed, but suddenly I had to get out of there. I just right. had to get out what of there. What did you, what did, does your hubby do? What did he do He's, there? Was he in fashion as well? No, no, he wasn't in oh, fashion. Oh, so you just no, met him completely just met, separately. Uh, well, one of the girls that worked there, her <laughs> husband, she's now my sister-in-law, so right. her husband okay. is, yeah. Um, so it's all, it was all very like, we were very connected. Um, but, yeah, so as soon as I met him, things changed and I needed Something new. I, I can't explain it. Okay, I just had so, to do something different. So what comes next? So then uh, mum and dad knew that I was wanting to leave and one day, you know, mum came to me and said, look, there's, we think there's a future in online retail. Okay. Um, basically, we don't know how, long story short, we don't know how to do it. Do you want to take that on? And I, and so how's that for you when you're like, oh, I can't stand motto, but. Yeah, well. I could do something with this. And, yeah. and were they sort of saying this, that the online would be your baby? Yes, yeah, of course. They were saying that. And I think that I was kind of in a position where I so wanted to leave my job and it was probably the easiest road to take. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I had worked now in fashion.
passion for two years in the industry and I actually started to learn how the reputation of Motto right. through through people that had stores that were coming in as customers, the motto reputation was very, very strong. So I started to respect that a little bit more than just looking at it from the clothes perspective. Yeah. Um, so uh, eventually I said, yes, that's fine, but I'm only going to come on board if I can have it as my own business. <laughs> and here are my rules. Here are my rules. So pretty much what we did was they we needed $10,000 to start this business, so we went 50-50. Oh, so okay. Where did you get your five grand from then? Uh, from my clothes that I was selling. Okay, well done. Um, and I love it that they did that actually. Oh, my parents are very, very clear with money. There's been no, yeah, they give opportunities, not. Yeah. Not financial handouts because yeah. that's just I so think not that's them. Good because yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you end up with people that don't try very hard. Exactly, that's exactly right. Okay, so put five grand of your hard-earned money and yes. five of theirs into it. What do you do with ten grand when you're starting an online business? Buy a laptop and yeah. build a website. So you built it yourself. I did. I paid someone to build it, and back okay. then there was no Shopify's and big commerces. No, no that, it that, was hard. It was very hard. So this is back in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Um and. Yeah, so basically did that and it was absolutely atrocious, but we were really one of the first brands, like the major brands still didn't have online stores back then. I mean, then. I still remember when people started doing online stores and people were like, but how would you try it on? Yes. How would you? But why so would you want you to? Well, that's, that's right. What... So how did you deal with all of that? Well, uh, look, I just. Did they? Well, sorry, let me just yeah. stay first. It was Motto in stores at that stage. so Motto had their own people, retail stores. So if people wanted to, they could go and try something on mm. and. Well, then why would they, though? But then they'd buy it on themselves. So how did you build that little market um, or big market? I think there was like, I think that at one point we found a big old box of little paper slips that had people's email addresses on them. And now that I think of it, it sounds a bit illegal just to be, but they gave it to (laughs) us at some point. It wasn't then, it is now. Yeah, yeah. So basically I just entered them all into a database and there were like literally there were 5,000 of them. And, of course, they were being inundated in those days. Oh, my God. And funny email addresses like like Sarah at hotmail.com. Like they were literally (laughs) the first batch of people to have an email. Um, So I entered them all in and started sending these awful emails to these people so bad. I think I just sent it through Outlook and BCC'd 5,000 emails into the email field. That's Um, how we used to do it. Is that how, okay. And what did you used to say? Um, I think Hi, I just you don't used, know me, but do you want to buy some of my clothes? Pretty, I think I just said, you know, new releases in tomorrow and put pictures in. Okay. I think I can't even remember. Um, but from there, it kind of grew, and it and you know, we did lots of other little marketing tactics because we did know that the future was online retail. So so we worked collaboratively. Um, so we were separate businesses even though I sold the Motto brand yes. online. okay. And you worked out of the office. So I worked you could out of see the, the new clothes coming. Yep, that's exactly right. So from, from the person outside looking in, you'd think we're the same business, but on paper we were completely separate businesses. Right, okay. So I think I gave that a couple of weeks and I'm sure mum loves telling this story, <laughs> but um, she, I said to her one day in the car, because we're business partners, does that mean I have to share profit with you? Because I didn't even know. Yeah. And she said, yeah, 50-50. You make $100, I get 50, you get 50. So then a couple of days later I went and asked her for a meeting in our conference room at the time <laughs> and I sat her and dad down and I gave them back $5,000, bought them out, and then the money was for me. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> I'm very. And they didn't ask for 6000 They no, wanted a bit no, of a no, return yeah. investment. I don't think I offered. <laughs> I'm just like, get out. Um, so, yeah, that's basically the history of um, our online okay, business. Okay, so... 
and I don't know how sensitive this is, so I'm just going to ask you and you can tell me whether you want to tell any stories or not. But for most people, starting a business is not like a nice smooth line like this. And this is one of the things I like talking about in She's the Boss. It can often be a bit up and down and oh, oh my God, and then something else has happened. Have you got a couple of stories that you can share with Um, me of when maybe on the surface something looked like it was going really wrong, but you look back in hindsight and go, best thing that ever happened? Oh, yeah. I've got a a couple of those. Well, the best example is that recent thing that happened. I hate saying that word, but COVID. That was the worst one. But I think in my first few years of business, because it was just me, I did everything from packing to taking the photos of the products to, like, putting the clothes on a mannequin. There was no no expenses, really, in my business. Yeah, right. So um, the start was okay, and that probably went for a few years, and, and it always grew. And just you still? Just I mean, did you start putting on team members? Uh, I did eventually. So, and I also started opening a couple of motto stores. So, I can't remember the exact timelines, but But. soon after, I opened a store in Frankston. Then soon after that, in Nidri, which we still have, and and you know, these are outer suburbs of Melbourne for anyone who's listening. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got. I, you know, I built my business by expansion, and there's a that's a very easy way to increase your revenue when you you know the profit yeah. is doesn't matter, but the revenues are increasing. So I was growing that way. Um, but I think the really difficult time that I most remember recently was just pre-COVID. Um, so what happened? Well, we basically just before our shop shut, we had no money because we had just invested in all our winter stock because the way Chinese New Year works, the the their culture, they really want to be paid up front and yes, in full for I've, anything. I've heard that, right. Yeah, but it's and, a fashion thing. It must be. I think it's a good luck thing in their culture. Right. So they and you've basically because of Chinese New Year they close. You need to order all of your stock up to May. So from basically almost right. five months of stock, and they want it all paid for. So normally, I mean, it's not that easy, but we manage and yep. we do it, and it's all good. Well, we had paid for all our stock and got all our stock. It was on the ship. It wasn't even delivered. And um, oh my god, then it was all on our the shops ship. Shut. Yeah. So we had 50 people that basically. How many shops are we talking about? At that point, we had eight and the e-commerce store and our warehouse. Right. So, um, And, of course, no one's allowed into any of those places. No one's allowed into any of those places and we really didn't know it was going to happen. So we had people that wanted to have all their long – they had to, their long service leave or their annual leave. We had no money. So, so no to, money, no people because yep. they all wanted – But and, had, to, and, and, had to have our people. Like we had to keep our people because we were thinking shops could open in a week, a month. Yes. We, did, we didn't know. Um, plus I had a two-week-old baby. That wasn't fun. But um, So how did you deal with the baby? Hang on a minute. The Let's baby go, just came. Back the, the baby I know babies just do just come. <laughs> they don't go, oh, there's a pandemic, I'll just stay in here for a bit longer. Would have been so um, much but, easier if he uh, did, though. Well, I know, but on top of everything else, because you're so emotional when a baby's born. Like so, I howl. Oh, my I God. I howl my eyes out when I when the, oh. my milk comes in. It's my always, always my thing. So what do you do when the, all of this is going on and you're all hormonal and new babyish? I mean, was, it was, was just, Faye, your mum, kind of popping you oh, up and, and going, she was amazing. Right. She was amazing. But I think when the reality of we tried, we kept our stores open for longer than the rest. But I think it was um, my son was born mid-Feb and I think by mid-March and I was really enjoying my time at home because I knew it was my last. Not that I, I wasn't <laughs> not planning on having. the next two years not you were going to And home. I had a, a, a very, a, like a really <sighs> rough birth so I, I needed I needed to, to recover. Um, and I th- it was probably early March or so that mum rings me and she was over every day anyway saying, look, I think that we, we really need you to be here right now. Um, basically shit's going to get real. Yeah. 
So and, of course, who's the one who knows e-commerce in the business? That's exactly right, exactly. And they knew nothing and we had a very small team then because e-commerce at that point was only about 18% of our overall business turnover. And here we are, what, three years later, what is it now? About 80. <laughs> yeah, so it was chaos. Yeah. It was chaos and no one knew really anything about no, anything. Uh, no, right. Okay. Um, so anyway, I had to come in, bought my son. He just came to work with me every day. That was fun. Mum sort of looked after you him. You went, oh, third generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> under both, the table. Both my kids have been this here under the table. This is very familiar. <laughs> very familiar. Um, so uh, anyway, and then it was like it was really one of those moments where the shops shut and overnight our business, can I say the Explo- F word. Yeah, of course it you can. It fucking your- exploded. Yeah, fantastic. It exploded. And that is, like, what do you mean, like overnight? Like how fast? What happened? Uh, Tell I w- me. I would say. Describe. It wouldn't. It would have been within a week. Within and, what, and suddenly the orders are starting to flood. The in. orders are coming in so fast. We're running out of paper, literally. Wow. So we were printing reams of paper. There was just we like, where do we get more paper? That was literally. What, was the, what do you need paper for? To print to, the order, to print oh the order. So we're very manual here. Right, yeah, we had okay. to have, and I mean, it was there was so much more to it, and it's a bit of a blur because I think we were in high adrenaline mode. Well, I'm thinking it was it like four or five of you doing all this packing and oh, the, yeah, and even more. But put, what what we were able to do is actually bring in our in store staff who then were suddenly that was suddenly uh, let, uh, what was it? Were they allowed to? Was what it was considered an emergency? Or? Stood down. Yes. Yeah. No, we were allowed to do online. You could do online fulfillment. That was an allowed oh, okay. thing. Right. Um. So. We pulled in, but, you know, even making orders and answering phones and things like that, it's just not something that our in-store staff had any experience with whatsoever. <laughs> Other than in their own home. Other than, So it was just hard Bedlam. to train and it was like we were honestly just but there were so many people everywhere bumping into each other. We were meant to sticking to 1.5 metres. You couldn't because there was just too many people that didn't know anything. Um, but really, then, then we started doing our live streams very quickly. I was Sorry, I say, missed that we part. Did, we did the live stream. That's, when did they start? Pretty that, much at the they beginning. They started straight away. The minute, the day our That's, doors. Can I just say yeah. how brilliant they are? Yeah, thank you. That is just the best marketing Yeah, yeah, and it's um, fun. Idea. It's yeah. so fun. I mean, I love video and, and lives anyway, so yeah, yeah, I same. completely get it. Yeah, totally. But so smart. I've never seen any other brands do that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you. I think that was the first thing we did because it's it's a real blur. The first thing we did was do start doing live streams because we kind of thought we could kind of be like those people on TVC or yeah. whatever whatever those things or are. Or even what, on what the, you know, the, good, the Good Morning Australia yes. where they do a catwalk show and yes. go, this is how you tuck all your T-shirt that. in and this is how you look skinny. And- exactly. That's exactly right. So we, we just started doing all that and I think that's when the the turn, and the change happened. And you know what's so happened. brilliant about it? That you aren't using gazelle-like models. That's what I think yes. makes a huge difference. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That it's very real people. We see you take off your tops and there's yes. bits of bras and yes. there's all that. It's just so... <laughs> It's so like your best friend. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's our Very brand. Clever. That, yeah, it that is. is us. It We're is. not polished. Yeah. We're not polished in, well, in the slightest. The clothes are. <laughs> well, the clothes are polished, but you know the But it makes it very real yeah. and I think that's why it makes it so attractive yeah. because it sort of feels like it's, you know, part of the family. And I think people and, and this part made me a bit sad, but I think people really missed the family connection and watching me, Faye and my son Sterling, who half the time, who was a newborn in that room in his pram crying and I'm just off to the side rocking yep. him. Um I think that People found comfort in watching that during that period. Well, I think the other thing was that there were a lot of people who have never been on Zoom, had never watched things live, who were, you know, I mean, I I certainly know my parents' generation and plenty of other people that weren't in digital world, Mm. and I bet your parents before you started the e-commerce who would have gone, there is no way I'm going to sit down and watch something on my phone or on my computer. That is not me. And all of a sudden... 
the whole world changed. Yeah, the and whole they world changed. They had to. So and it, was, it did great things really for anything e-commerce. Oh, it really did. So, if you know, that was such a scary time and it was an awful period and I know so many people were negatively affected, but it was that like overnight it felt like. You know like, what it bred though? Innovation. I mean, I started She's the Boss started oh, wow. with online lunches that I started running for female wow. founders every Friday. Because of the lockdown. Yeah, wow. Same and thing. new ways to connect. That's right. You know? so and that's... I think some people kind of embraced it and other people and sort of thought, well, okay, well, how can I manage this and I've got mm. to do something different? Mm. And other people were like, you know, what's going to happen and I need mm. to see what other people are doing in order to feel comfort. And you were just a leader in, yes. that, in that space. Yeah, exactly. It was funny because I was at one point I rang a couple of people for a reference for a new person I was hiring because also we had to recruit like crazy. The marketing team started to explode. The, the dispatch team explode. Like everything had and everything had to relocate the office that we have now. The, the setup was very different because obviously most of our warehouse was predominantly focused on our stores and a small portion was for online right. and our styling services weren't here. So is this a new here. building that no, you came into? No, it's not a new building, but the whole inside structure had, to, had change. to change. I mean, the marketing, we didn't have a marketing team prior to right. COVID. There was no marketing team. I was the marketing <laughs> oh, team. Wow. You know, so it was just... It was just and very now different. It's six or seven of you, is it? No, oh, like yeah. Oh, now there's there's really there's about five of us, yeah. and we do a lot of external. Um, you know, we get freelancers and things like that too. So, Amazing. and then and the customer service team that we didn't have a customer service team that also had to be established. So there was a lot that went on, but it was funny because I rang. Um, it was actually the CEO of Bardo, and I rang him for a reference. I know him, Basil Archimedes. Oh, Bas- yes, yes. I did. I did some graphic design work for oh, him no when he way. when Bardo was a baby in oh, in. Um, wow. Abbotsford, it wasn't yes, in, in yes, Abbotsford yes. on yeah, he's Gertrude awesome. Street or Johnson yeah, Street. They're, they're both really Love fantastic. Him. But That's I remember so he weird. said to me on the phone, and I was just ringing about a reference for this person, and he said something like, oh, I've seen you on your lives. <laughs> I was like, hang on, yeah, don't scary. do that copying me, Baz. Get out of it. Don't even think about it. But, um, yeah, so that was interesting. But it's scary when you do lives because it's the kind of thing that I know because I do a lot of video stuff where you go down to, I went down to the Homemaker Centre at DFO in South Bank, and as someone was coming up the escalators, they were like, Oh. <laughs> and I was like, who is that person? It is weird. We're friends on Facebook. It is I was weird. Like, Are we? <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. Yes. They feel that they know yeah, you. Totally, really totally. Well with that. So, yeah, that's the explosion. Wow. So, that's probably the hardest point. And look, growth isn't linear. It goes up, down, around the circles, and it still happens so now. So, did you have another lull at some stage where you panicked? Because, um, because of course, we were coming in and then out and then in of lockdown, yeah. and people were going, oh my God, I can finally get to show yeah. cl- shops and stay on clothes. Oh, now I can't. It stayed pretty strong but I'm very ambitious so it doesn't mean that I wasn't getting down in the dumps because things weren't going according to my plan right um, and that will happen forever and it's it happens daily because I want more you know I just always want to push myself to get the next best thing so for someone else looking in, it, it's it not a disaster. We're, yeah. we're, we're a strong company. We're going to be around for another 50, 100 years. Like that's not a question yeah. um, because we hustle like crazy as well. So if something start, starts to turn, we're reactive. We act immediately, me, mum and dad. Yeah, yeah right. we're, we're all very customer focused. And let me just ask, what about your brothers? What do they do? Um, not interested in the business interested. at all? Not interested. One's a builder. <laughs> like you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they exactly. they have to get into it. One's a builder um, and he's been a builder <laughs> his whole life. But right. the other one was at Motto for a while, but he actually – I think it's really important that people go out and do something yes, else before they join a family business, and he didn't. Okay. Um, so you don't learn different things. So, but anyway, now he's he's in a software type. So he's sort of the technology and IT. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. Of and he stuff. managed the and warehouse. Would he maybe come back or? Um, don't know. Moved on anyway. I mean, I guess hard I think to- uh, prob- probably not. I, I mean, I adore him and I would love to have him, but I actually think we've got such a beautiful relationship now, and I don't. I don't 
think it would be healthy for me to suddenly be his boss because I would crack down on my family more than right. anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and he'd have to be your boss. Okay, so um, now I've got a couple of little questions for you. One is that she's the boss. Oh, I forgot that. Hi. We're doing this live, by the way, for anyone who's listening. On. <laughs> we're doing this as a live video as well, so we've kind of got cameras that we're waving to. Um Along, so She's the Boss is all about female founders mm-hmm. and making women more visible. So one of the things I really like to ask people is, have there been some women in your career that have really helped you? Now, it goes without saying that Faye has yes. had a massive influence yeah. on you, mm-hmm. but have there been any other women at other times in your life that you'd be like to tell us about who've really helped you? Um, I'm trying to think, what was, what was the two yeah. years that you did in the fashion? Was there yeah, any women in there that really yeah, had your back? There, there definitely would be. And, and I'll say it was the whole team, but my manager slash mentor there, who funnily enough now works at Motto. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Hi, Jane, if you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, she was really key. And and also that the, I mean, he, he was a man, but the, the owner of that company too, they taught me what a, a work culture should look like. Right. And it was funny, I was talking to Jane just the other day when we had a staff launch and I was saying to her that if I didn't have the experience, I, I did. You I took for granted. Yes, if I took for granted, I took. I take for granted what our culture is at Motto. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we're very and everyone loves coming here, and that's really important to us. But if I didn't have the experience of working in that place where it was very similar to Motto, I think it, maybe it could have been a different place. It's not clinical here. It's not corporate. We're like family. Yes, really, we are. And um, so you're allowed to make mistakes and have good days and bad oh, days, God, yes. and that's just normal. Hundred percent. It goes. By both ways because the owners are going to have those days too and our staff obviously will have those days too. So she was um, a major player, I would say. Um, Great. Yeah. What's her name? Jane what? Jane Eddy. Jane Eddy. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for doing that. Okay. then we're, we're, unless there's anything else that you want to talk to me about, I've got just got another couple of little questions. Go for it. One is one of the things I've now interviewed two about 250 women, um, other than the fact, which is just a very interesting little aside, that about 60% of them started as lawyers, which is a really weird thing, but law breeds entrepreneurs. I don't know why, but it does. Really interesting. It is really interesting. Well, that but wasn't the, me, sorry. No, but there's a lot of women <laughs> of those I reckon – Maybe sixty percent have been burnt out at some stage in their life, mm. um, and you can, and you and I can see how driven you are. How do you do that juggle? How do you separate work and mm. family, or don't you? No, and I don't. If you, if you what, how do you, how do, you, how many hours a week are you working? What sort of structure is mm. your week got? Look, I. Just so the, that you can see your children occasionally. Yeah, I, yes. And I think the thing is whether or not I'm actually working on tasks and on my laptop doing something, I'm actually thinking about work 24-7 yeah, from the minute sure. I wake up to the minute I go to bed. So for me it's like I might as well be doing something that I can actually get down on paper. I do work a lot. Yeah. Um, I try and binge out on a reality absolute trash TV show every night. I oh, try good. and do that because my brain escapes my brain. And do you brain. take holidays? I do. I love a holiday yeah, and I, I like to go to Bali for four weeks at a time. Four weeks? Yes. Oh, you're going to be a digital nomad. Don't next tell time my mum because she has a panic attack every time. Um, and I don't look at, I don't even, I don't have an email, a phone, I don't go on, I don't oh, do so one thing. Oh, so you literally stay away I, from work. I switch out because I can't, otherwise I can't actually stop. Like my brain goes a million oh, miles a minute that's good. and then I may as well be here because I can't help myself. Okay, um, so that's one time a year. Now, what about things like Christmas and. 
I don't know, key times of the year. Are you taking those days off? Yeah, and we take weekends? them off. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I, I'm, I'm off. I'm at home, but I'm still thinking, doing, contenting, living, yeah, um, okay. talking to mum about styles, looking on Instagram and seeing things that we need to get inspiration from. Like that just doesn't so, stop. And, and so what about... Have you ever got come close to burning out? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. And do you recognise it in yourself and um, pull back if that's happening, yes, you think? Yes, yes, I do. And I start to notice it when I start to lose a bit of patience with yes. people. Yeah, that's, that's often my, a big sign. Yeah, isn't and it? if I start to get frustrated, uh, when I start to think that it's everyone else, but it can't be everyone else, then no. I realise it's me. Right. And I like, I, you know, I like to go to the beach and stuff. And I just, I just wind down and, and I just, you know, I probably just move slower for the next because I'm burnt out. I just don't work as hard for the next two months. And then right. I get my mojo back. Mojo and back. And I'm, and I'm on fire again. It's probably not a healthy way to live. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, you know, I guess that's I'm what it is. Think it'd be good to maybe, if you feel that, go and take a couple of weeks in Bali. Yes. To just stop it. But anyway, I mean, the other thing is that, as you say, you are all a family and, um, and your mum and dad are here, probably keeping an eye on you as well. So if they were really concerned, Yes. I'm sure people would say yeah, something yeah. to you. Well, yeah, true, but they are probably more likely to burn out because they work just well, as hard as me. Well, do you watch them? And, I have and, to watch them. And there are times when you go, you guys need to go and take a holiday? I d- definitely, and they won't. <laughs> right. So when you talk to my mum, she's just in that different mindset. It's like they, they don't have time for holidays. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, you need to tell her that get well, out be, of that thinking. I'll be asking her how she's doing the juggle and yeah, I think yeah. we know what the answer <laughs> yeah. is. Okay, so and the, here's a great question that I love asking, which is, and doesn't have to be to do with work, but is there a quirky fact about you that nobody really knows that you'd be up for telling us? And it can be anything. Oh, um, I've had everything from I was an, a synchronised swimmer, which I thought was really good, and I've interviewed the person who was the first person on the big red chair for Graham Norton. Oh, wow. So it can be anything. Oh, I don't have anything that good. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the last one somebody told me um, was. Ballet dancing or something when they were younger. I've got no special No little, secrets. No secrets, but I can move my ears without touching them. I can do that too. Okay. That's a scalp oh muscle that my dad taught me. Wow. I know, we should oh do my it for God. the camera, but yes. that's where you just you can just, yeah. Yes, oh, my God, yeah. So that, But it's not it's really like a skill. It's like rolling a tongue kind of a skill. No, it is. It's a quirky fact. It's a quirky I fact. I didn't ask you about a, a skill. It's a useless quirky fact, yeah, that I okay. pull out and when I need the, it. And now the very last question is um, – Apropos of nothing, it's just I'm obsessed with my iPhone and I love it. Mm. So I always like to say to people, are there any good apps that you use on your phone for business or pleasure? Um, not be uh, if you're not a big phone user, it doesn't matter. But I mean, I love I do I do almost mm. all my work off my phone. Really? So I love I do I've got everything is on my phone oh, and wow. I don't do any social media at all what? off my laptop. It's all done oh, off my okay. phone. Everything. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a phone user because I have to. I, right. Uh, yeah, no. So sorry, I can't contribute. That's to that absolutely one. fine. Oh, no, God. no, I loved it. Well, listen, I have loved this interview. So thank you so I know, much. You're so fun. It's like <laughs> it really is like you're chatting to your bestie when oh, you talk to thank Jules. You. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Um, uh, I can't wait to share this one. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.